0: You are listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum or Baum. I hope you're uh, having a wonderful week, uh, whether you're listening days later or you're listening right now or watching. Hi, thank you for watching you right there. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the uh, the love and the subscribing to the podcast. If you're here for Sebastian Roche, then I hope you uh, will stick around for weeks to come and subscribe to the podcast. And you can su- subscribe to the podcast, Ryan.
1: Uh, on Spotify, Stitcher Premium, uh, YouTube.com slash Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Baum. 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 Yeah. Uh, and then follow on Twitter uh, at Inside of You Pod. Uh, and then Instagram, Facebook at Inside of You Podcast. Podcast.
0: That's correct. And uh, if you're digging the show, tell us about it. Write a review. Hello at Inside of You um, Podcast.com
1: podcast.com
0: Hello at inside dot com. Uh,
1: hello hello at inside of dot com. I
0: was right. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So you could uh-huh. uh, write a review and write a review actually on you know on um Apple, that'd be nice. Yeah, write a review there and give us a five star <laughs> if you will. Uh, but last week David Harewood really let let it go. Oh. He talked about mental health and how he went away to a, a mental hospital and God love him, man. Thank you for uh, being so upfront, honest. Um, it was really, a a powerful episode. If you haven't heard of David Harewood from Supergirl's done a, uh, Martian Manhunter. He's done a bunch of stuff, but he was a Martian Manhunter on Supergirl. And, um, I urge you listen to that. Also, uh, the Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland episode, Charisma mm-hmm. Carpenter. We got great ones coming up. Um, also if you want any inside of merchandise, um, or Lex Luthor, uh, lunch boxes, t-shirts, hats, tons of stuff on inside of you. Uh, inside of you inside of you online store mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. And uh the 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 uh the number, the code today for fifteen percent off
1: Ooh.
0: is what wh- wh- give me something.
1: Uh Ryan's waxed fifteen.
0: Ryan's waxed fifteen. That's Ryan's no apostrophe wax W A X. Ed Ryan's waxed fifteen.
1: Because last week was Ryan's waxed fifteen.
0: Ryan's waxed fifteen was last week. Ryan's waxed fifteen this week. Yep, we're getting creative, folks. Uh, thank you for coming to my um stage it and supporting the band Sunspin every last Saturday of the month. We play two shows: two p.m., six p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We have prizes, zooms, all that. We really appreciate it. it was a great turnout, so thank you. It was our one-year anniversary of playing shows. We'll have one at the end of next month on a Saturday, the last Saturday of every month. And if you want to book the band or you want to Zoom with the band or you want merch from Sunspin, just go to sunspin.com and you can get everything there. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And we book Zooms with people throughout the week and uh, it's pretty fun. Today's guest is, is someone that, well, I know I've met him at conventions. Very personable guy, funny, uh, talented, and uh, boy this story blew ryan away ryan thought this was like the best episode in a long time and this guy talk about i can barely have fucking dinner with my family for an hour imagine living on a boat
1: living on a boat
0: with your mother and your family for not a week or a month
1: but a long time
0: It gets pretty pretty dicey. Um, It's a great story, Sebastian Roche. Let's get inside of Sebastian Roche. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today. Sebastian Roche, we met in... uh, England in somewhere? Wales, Wales. In Wales,
2: in Wales, near Wrexham. Yeah. Wrexham? It was a pleasure actually to meet you because I'd heard about you so for so many years, you know, through other people who knew you. I can't remember who, but, you know, <laughs> they always spoke, no no, 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 but they always spoke, you know, uh, wonderfully about you. And, and I have to admit, I, I was pleasantly, I was, you know, uh, really happy to meet you because you're, you're not only super funny you know i but also you know one quality i thought with you is you're incredibly caring i always remember when um pants joey pants was out of the bus do you remember when joey, oh yeah you were like you were like we got to do something wait where's? so we're at, we'll,
0: we'll set it up for the listeners so it's not just an inside yeah, sorry, sorry but no yeah, no I but got, we're on a bus was- and we're doing a convention and we all have to get on a bus to so they could take us to yeah, do a right. uh, signing and meet and greet and so uh so there, I set it up, so go ahead. What What is yeah, uh, yeah. Joey Pants from, you know, guys from Goonies, from everything, Matrix, what was he doing?
2: Joey Pants was, Joey Pants was, like, on the bus, and then he thought it was taking too long to get there because it was a huge, uh, it was quite a bit of traffic jam, you right. know, because a lot That's of people right. go to, yeah, do you remember? We were on the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and remember. We having, <laughs> and then Joey Pants was like, you know what? I, got, I gotta get off. I gotta get yeah, off. Yeah, he's like, what
0: the fuck? What are we doing here? I'm getting the fuck off this bus. I can walk faster than this big fucking piece of shit. And he gets off the bus and he's going and I'm videotaping. I have this video of him walking yes. and walking and walking. And, and, I
2: walking. Put,
0: and I put funny music over it. It's just Joey Pants walking.
2: And he didn't know actually where he was going, I think. But he kind of, he was like, there's this big thing I'm gonna go to. But he was just, he never does this in a He's such a nice man. He really Did is. You love him instantly. Loved him. Loved him. He has this extraordinary personality, total New York, but you can't not love him. You know?
0: Yeah, he's sweet. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're doing this. I mean, my daughter, we went through Ireland, and hey, yeah, it was, I don't know. I'm more doing. I'm doing a Joe Pesci. I'm not even yeah, doing it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's such a young. And then I saw his age. He's nearly nearly seventy, right? And I was oh, like, incredible. holy shit! I want to have. That much energy? Can we swear on your?
0: Oh, I have been, and I usually don't swear a ton, but some people, my listeners, the patrons, are probably going. Oh, Rosenbaum's been swearing today; he's on fire. <laughs> yeah, you could swear. You could swear.
2: Yeah, your your podcast is great, and you know, I've noticed how much you you always care about people, and I think that's a it's a quality that I always you know admire in people. You know, so that's one of the things I really, I, I was really. Touched to see someone who you, because everywhere we went, you were really caring about people, and I, it's something I noticed about you. You know, oh,
0: instantly. Well, that's just. Yeah, nice. yeah. well, just that hasn't always been. I just started caring about people, but <laughs> about the time I saw you, I was <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. You were the total asshole. Yeah. Well, you happened. know,
0: I, I think you could you could tell me your story, but I don't look. We're obviously not perfect, and we make mistakes. And, and through life, we we try to strive to by, get to a certain age where we're like, okay, I love myself. I'm happy with myself. I yeah. really I was I'm better as a person. I've grown. And there's certainly times in your life where you you I'm sure you've been an asshole. I've been an asshole. We've been assholes. And Oh my god. And we look back and we're like, you know, immaturity, not you had no self-awareness. Was there a time in your life where you feel like you had a little bit of that?
2: Oh my god. I think when I was younger, you know, uh, I I don't know if I told you but I lived you know, on a boat for six years from the age of 12 to 18. Unbelievable.
0: And with your mom and your brother, was it?
2: With my mom and dad, my brothers, you know, we were pretty much went halfway around the world because we didn't go to, into the Pacific, but we were on a sailing boat, you know. How big is this oh,
0: boat? Paint the picture. How big so is this so
2: boat? The boat is 44 feet, which is, you know, for people who know the metric system is like 13 meters, 50. It's not that big. Um, and we're not talking about, you know, we didn't go on a weekend
0: sailor All right, vacation.
2: This is hardcore sailing on a boat that is, you know, has all the basics. It doesn't have much electronics. You know, we didn't even have hot water. We, you know, it was hand pumps to get water, uh, foot pumps actually. So we're, we're on a, a boat that was designed for the Caribbean and we started of course, in the middle of winter. <laughs> you know, my dad was like, Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't. So we, Yeah, we sailed on this boat, and it was, you know, very exciting, but very, very difficult at the same time because we were, you know, within I think less than a year we were totally uh, we were totally broke. But you know what? It was actually one of the great things of being on the boat. We learned so much uh, about life. You know, I was living a very sort of middle upper middle class. My dad was a kind of a CEO. We were living in the outskirts of Paris because I am half French, half British. And then we, my dad was like, I never see my kids. So we're going to go, we'd sailed a lot as, as children. My dad was a big sailor and he was like, that's it. Selling the house, quitting my job and we're off. So that's basically the premise. And, you know, we sailed, you know, the whole, this was 1977. And
0: how long? Yeah. 1977. The dead of winter, you're starting. Your dad has what sounds like a midlife crisis, or he just really wants to find himself and have his family understand the real world. And you go on a, not a cruise, a sailboat, 44-foot sailboat for how long? And and, and how long are you guys on at any given time? The longest stretch where you're on the sailboat without land.
2: The longest stretch was we sailed from Madeira, which is north of the... Uh, Canary Islands which is off the coast of West Africa and we sailed from Madeira to across the Atlantic for 21 days to Barbados. So that was 3 weeks at sea without seeing
0: Yeah and, and you don't get sick but, does anybody get sick in the beginning and then get over it? is there drama mean in 77 yeah,
2: yeah yeah it's really interesting how the body works at first you are you know we we were in I remember everyone got sick when we hit we were in Southern Ireland, and we went from Southern Ireland, you know, south, and we hit a really big storm, really big storm, scary storm, and uh, you know where you're like at the helm, and you hear at night, and you hear the huge winds <laughs> coming down, and you're like, oh, I'm terrified. But the, the boat was a very safe boat. But and uh, yeah, we were sick for forty eight hours, completely sick, and then switched switched off, and I was never ever again sick on a sailing boat very wow. interesting how the, the the body mechanics you know get used to 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 uh, the rolling of the boats you know the, the yeah the movement
0: so well. you're saying that i get altitude sickness pretty quickly so if i stayed in somewhere where the uh elevation was high for a substantial period of time my body would acclimate
2: yeah it would acclimate if you stay what you have to do is you know because i did quite a lot of mountain climbing um you have to go up to a certain yeah i mean you can you know, I used to do when I went to the Sierras, I, I would do a quick summit. So I wouldn't get, I would get altitude sickness, but then would go up, summit, come down. But if you want to do a big summit, yeah, you have to go to a base camp at, let's say, I'd say 10,000 feet or a little above 10,000 feet. 11,000 is when you start really uh, feeling the effects, depending on, on the person, actually. And yeah, you, I would say acclimatize one or two days. If it's a much bigger mountain, a week for two weeks, you know, when we're, we're talking about Himalaya scale, which I've never done, uh, which I would love to do, but I'm too old <laughs> now. I, think. <laughs> I think I'm too old. I've done, you know, big, big ones in South America. But um, yeah, so you need a few days, even a, a day or two if you're doing, uh, you know, s- uh, some mountains in the Sierras, which are, you know, 14,000 plus in the Sierra Nevadas, like, of course, Whitney. Middle Palisade, the Palisades. There's many. There's twenty peaks above fourteen thousand. And yeah, you. It's nice to get to your first camp. Right, Sebastian. Sebastian,
0: yeah. I get nauseous and lightheaded when I go to Big Bear. Do you know Big Bear? Oh, it's yeah, a two-hour yeah, yeah. drive from L.A. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't feel right. I don't feel <laughs> right. Something's off. I'm like, can I possibly have altitude sickness? I mean, we're we're, we're practically just north of L.A. I mean, the elevations yeah, that's, like
2: that's normal, but you would acclimatize because you know, even if you go at the at the base of uh Baldy, you know, right, which at Baldy is 10,000 feet, uh, you know, and Mount Baldy is a common trek. If you go at the base, it's 6,500, and you do start feeling, you know, of course, if you you know, you're it seems like you're more susceptible to altitude sickness, but if you stay there a, a day, you'd be fine, I think. You'd feel nauseous at first. You you might have diarrhea, headaches. Yeah, you know, it's not well, really pleasant.
0: Well, the diarrhea, but... I welcome. I welcome that. That's not a problem for me. <laughs> Let me ask you, what do you do, by the way, on a boat for 21 days? What do you do with your brother? Well, you have a sister and your mom and dad? Yeah,
2: no sisters, two brothers. Two brothers. boys, mom and dad. What do you
0: do for 21 days on a sailboat together? I mean, wait, you can only fish so much. I mean, do you, yeah. there's a bathroom in the, in, underneath. So you went to the bathroom there.
2: Yeah, yeah, so you have what they call the head. The head? It's called the head. And, yeah, and it's a pump pump action. So you pump your
0: duty right into the ocean, right?
2: Oh, yeah, you do, yeah. In those days, you did, because now people have holding tanks. Right. That you empty, which is not very pleasant, Uh, especially when the holding tank starts leaking. (laughs) You want to have a good holding tank. Yeah. But, um, you know, you really, it's funny. There's so, so much to do uh, on the boats where you wake up, Most of the time, actually, we'd get flying fish on the deck. So we'd collect the flying fish, you know, have them for breakfast. Um, Then, you know, I would, I really personally would love to be on the bowsprit, which is the front of the boat, uh, and sit there, you know, with the sails and just look at the ocean because anything becomes interesting when you're in the middle of the ocean. So suddenly you'll see, uh, you know, uh, seaweed or you'll see uh, uh, a jellyfish everything becomes a, a, a moment of excitement and you know I would draw whatever I saw because I was really into drawing you you read a lot and you fish you know we'd, we'd get uh, you know what they call doradas there uh, which is mahi mahi right uh, we'd get nearly one a day we couldn't wow. actually, we did, one, once we had too many, we'd throw the, the So fish you had there. a
0: lot, lot of mercury in your bodies for this. <laughs> yeah. right well, there was a bit less.
2: Than, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah a lot of mercury, you're right, probably.
0: Did, did uh, you see sharks? Which I,
2: which, I had, Yes. Yeah, I saw a lot of sharks. I mean, I was re- once we got to the Caribbean, I was terrified of everything as a kid. And then the boat kind of changed everything for me it's it's it was really the most formative experience for me because i was not very good at school super insecure yeah. shy guy not really good i was really good at sports but 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 um quite f- fearful and uh, you know i i discovered my you know quote unquote myself on the boat you know i i developed a passion for spear fishing so i would go and wow. shell collecting so i would go every morning uh you know, and I would go get whatever fish they wanted or lobster. And I became really good at it. I started, you know, free diving when I was, I think, 13, 14. And I could go, I could go to 90 feet, you know. Uh, when, once I got really good at it, I could stay quite a long time underwater. And I saw, of course, when you go spearfishing, you will see sharks, you know. But in those days in the Caribbean, I don't know what it's like now because it's- Sharks amazing. just
0: weren't interested back in the day.
2: They were They were, were well-fed. sharks were like, were like oh, oh, it's oh, a different time now. Then they learned how stupid humans were. And they were like, let's get them.
0: Let's get how <laughs> oh, could you imagine? That's amazing. It was just, oh, yeah, sharks really were so fascinating. nice.
2: Yeah, fascinating to see a shark when you're, under, when you're underwater. It's fascinating. I always remember there was a shark. My dad was facing me. And there's this lemon shark that comes behind my dad. And I'm like, mm, mm, because you know, you got the tube, the tuber, uh, the snorkel.
0: How big is a lemon shark, real quick? You're thinking small. It can go
2: from anything from, you know, from three to, I guess, eight feet.
0: Oh, God. Okay. So you're, mm, yeah. Mm,
2: dad. Yeah. So I'm like, mm, mm. But the lemon shark couldn't kill us. He was just swimming. You know, when you're spearfishing, it's different. <laughs> we, were just, we were just swimming, snorkeling at the time. When you're spearfishing, you spear the fish, then you put them on a floater and you on a in a sort of wire and you put them on the floater, so they smell the the blood and they can get a little excited, so you have to show them that you have a gun, yeah, a spear gun, and move them away sometimes but uh you know, and then when people would visit us on the boat from Paris, you know I remember <laughs> taking one of my friends who was a who was such a scary cat, and we'd go to nurse sharks, which are basking sharks they they sit on the on the bottom right and we prod them just to sca- we get them above it uh a nurse shark, prod the nurse shock. and the nurse shark would just you know run away but <laughs> we try and scare our friends Jesus. doing these kind of stupid things you know
0: it sounds you- to me like your parents turned you into a man by being on a sailboat i bet that had a lot to do with how you grew up and becoming a man because i don't remember my dad teach me anything like I, I, he didn't teach me how to change the oil in the car he didn't teach me you know, he just yeah. says, mow the lawn, you know, and that, he didn't even have a freaking get, get, uh, grass catcher. So all that dog shit and rocks would fly in my face. <laughs> oh, so, yes.
2: I know those. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. he
0: was always working. So he didn't have time to, you know, he wasn't a yeah. head of a CEO, you know, head of a company, a CEO, and, and be able to buy a big sailboat and go out. But like, I think, you, did you not learn a, a lot, to, which helped kind of create who the man you are now?
2: Yeah. But I mean, I learned that on the boat because before that, my, I never saw my dad. Never saw my dad. Wow. You know, he was working for an American company because uh, 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 Young and Rubicum, you know, and uh, and uh, I never saw him. So that's why I think on the boat, I, by forces of circumstance, you know, being on the boat, you learn to, yeah, to sail. And sailing is is very arduous. It's not easy. It's it's tough. You know, you can be in really tough conditions and you have to learn very quickly how to steer a boat. How they, you know, hoist the sails, uh, drop anchor, and you get into you know sticky situations when you're in high seas, you know, and 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 stormy seas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a tough environment, but you learn very very fast. And yeah, thanks to my dad's dis- decision, I learned to to be much more
0: self reliant, or just
2: yes, that's one thing I really learned. I was super self reliant, super agile. I could adapt to any situation suddenly. Wow. Whereas I never felt that in my sort of quote-unquote civilian life, you know, when I was going to school and I didn't really, I felt I fit in because I was, you know, I i wanted to be an actor, so I guess I was the clown, the class clown. But <laughs> it was really the boat that, yeah, the yeah, the trip on the boat and, and discovering new cultures that, that, that turned me, you're right, into the man I am today, yeah. It well, was a very, very formative important experience for me yes especially yeah. i
0: love that do you feel yeah. like you're like you You hinted about it you sort of said in, in a way that you didn't really have a relationship with your father at first and then he has this life change this idea and you go in the boat was it like did you sort of resent your father for a while he's not around he's not there and then all of a sudden you get on a boat and it was a little tumultuous at first and then it became this relationship it sounds like a movie
2: but like was it you know that's a really interesting question because It's funny because it's kind of the opposite. It's the opposite and the same. Before, when I never saw him, I did, I idolized the image of my father, you know, because he's never there. So you, are you, and he, you always see this, you know, and in those days growing up in France, you know, fathers were much more severe and earnest. And, you know, he was the, he was the the man of discipline, you know, and uh, not abusive at all, but, you know, he was, much more stern. I I had a much sterner image of him. And then when we went on the boat, then you're confronted with being with your parents in a small space for 24-7. So I admired him and resented him at the same time because I saw there was nothing hidden anymore. You know, when my dad woke up in our house and put on his beautiful suits and everything, I was like, wow, look at my dad. And then you are confronted with the... Absolute reality of literally being in the next cabin as your dad on a boat that is 44 feet long. So there was a mixture of, you know, you're growing up as a teenager of resentment and admiration at the same time. That's because, crazy. Uh, and it's only later that I realized how extraordinarily brave it was for him to do what he did. And he kind of did it for us, for himself, of course, it was his dream, but it, he did it for us. And I also admire the, my mother's resilience, who was not really a sailor, not but she was she's a incredibly giving and 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 tough in the sense that she she can withstand anything, not tough as a person, she's incredibly giving and and positive. So you see all these things combined, and I think I learned the most because my older brother, you know, with you know, didn't get along with my dad. Left the boat at seventeen and went to do his military service. Wait, wait, service. wait! He
0: left the boat. So, how long was this whole trip on the boat? And how long did your brother last before he said, "I'm, I'm done"? Well,
2: he, the, the, the it lasted for nearly six years. So, within two years, my older brother was like, "I'm out of here. I can't, can't stand being with you. I'm, I'm gone." And nothing against him. He was just going through his, his stage. Yes, and he went, and you know, we were in Martinique. It was kind of our base, you know, because my dad uh, could find a job because we were broke, so he became a guide, tour guide. <laughs> I was a windsurfing instructor. You know, I was like 13, 14, teaching windsurfing. My mum was repairing sails. And, you know, we'd get like 30 francs, which is what, six bucks, and we'd buy, go buy camembert and a baguette. And my mum, I remember, would make a cucumber salad and avocados because, you know, the food is plentiful there. Wow. So my brother left quite early and my younger brother, you know, couldn't deal with, with uh, homeschooling. So he was sent to boarding school. So for around nearly three years, I w- it was me and my parents on the boat. Wow. I think I'm the one who adapted the best. I, yeah, I don't know why.
0: Wait a minute. So your dad, when he decided to do this, he was the head of a CEO. He was making great money and he left all that.
2: He was making good money. I don't think he was making great money. I mean, you know, we were very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We had a beautiful house. But, you know, it was at the time it was France. It was not. Yeah, I mean, it was good money, but it was, you know, yeah.
0: But then you went to broke.
2: Well, yeah, because then basically he put everything in the boat and he kind of miscalculated. So he spent a lot of money on the boat. And then, uh, yeah, we kind of went broke. You know, living on a boat, buying a boat from scratch is very expensive. And uh, so, yeah, we went broke very quickly. But it was actually the best thing that happened to us.
0: Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less Shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with
1: Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism.
0: Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body
1: approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy.
0: In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months. And 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months.
1: While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy.
0: In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes.
1: With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required, Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly
0: thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled dot com promo code inside that's Nutrafol.com promo code inside inside of you is brought to you by Factor I love Factor meals Ryan do you know this yes why do you know this because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some and you've had them and I've had them and you love them I do because I asked you every time mm-hmm. um Look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money and, you know, factor meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. It's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals, and that's what Factor does. Um, I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's it's perfect for my lifestyle, and I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with
1: dietitian-approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy
0: effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like calorie smart. Protein plus and keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside fifty and use code inside fifty to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get fifty percent off your first box plus Twenty percent off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker Qualia Cineletic. I just sent some of this to my mother and she's starting to notice the differences mm-hmm. in herself. And, she, and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and and she couldn't think clearly and and you know and and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is. I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of syniletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity, but let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone
1: accumulates senescent cells in their body.
0: Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy,
1: hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells.
0: Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a of plant, qualia senolytic helps remove those worn-out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's
1: it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together.
0: And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. uh, I feel uh, more focused. um, Younger. I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, I again, sometimes I have guests on where I'm like, I'm so envious. I, I think if I would have learned these skills as a child and, you know, hands-on and just you know, nature and life, and then I would be more... Uh, what's the word adept uh more uh
2: yeah I, I guess so but you are you're extremely on the other hand you know there are things that I find brilliant about you you're 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 much more adept at at you know you you have a you're very quick you're very you're very smart I'm not saying I'm not smart but what I'm saying oh, you' smart no what I'm saying is <laughs> I, no, you are smart
0: you, you but are you're smart, smart and
2: you're really funny you know you you're super quick and i i really i i appreciate that very much that's something and i and i'm a I love having a good laugh, and I love uh, uh, a great sense of humor. You know, the one thing, I, I became very adept and adaptable, and but I, I there was a lot that I lost uh, being among my peers. So when I, at 18, I did my final year, I went back to France. I did it in France because, you know, it was easier. It was really hard for me to adapt to city life, to also being amongst people and, and the, the, the pressures of, you know, cliques and cliques or whatever. Yeah. So I basically was always first degree. You know, for me, I didn't understand irony and sarcasm, and I went back to Paris of all places, you can imagine. Um, so that was, I had to readjust that. I was very good at, you know, taking care of myself but city life was kind of foreign to me. So, you know, there are advantages, but you know, at the same time, you know, when you live a social life within, within your school, within your, your city, you learn other great skills, you know, that I still, I guess, don't have, I think. I I
0: think it's I, I bet it's a turn on not only to me, but to like when you meet women and you're like, you know, tell me about yourself. It's like, well, I was on a sailboat for six
2: years. <laughs> oh my God, you're beautiful. You, that it sounds so... It later ra- on when I had, you know, reconciled the two, be, you know, uh, but I was incredibly innocent at 18. I was like, literally like, I felt I was like, you know, something out of Jean-Jacques Rousseau's Émile. You know, uh, it's this novel about this kid who's only lived in nature and is completely innocent right. i really felt like that i was so innocent and i think it attracted certain a certain type of woman but uh yeah it was it was very interesting that uh it was difficult when i went to drama school where there is a lot of in not fighting but a lot of how shall i put it uh,
0: just competition
2: so much competition and very insidious competition um so that was very difficult for me, uh, going to these schools, because I went to two, three different, actually. The first one was, you know, to get into the big schools. Yeah. And, you know, in those days, you know, to answer your question from quite a bit ago, <laughs> yes, I had difficulty in controlling my emotions. I was very much, as I say, first degree. I was a bit, you know, all over the place excitable had a very quick temper you know typically that the french blood in me <laughs> took over the, the sort of a uh, phlegmatic british
0: that probably so, helps and, with acting though being able to be like would
2: you shut the fuck up yeah 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 Yeah, do like a hey do an al pacino you know when he's like well, i'm gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly like
0: he has no teeth you know, exactly
2: he goes, hey you want to die you're going to die big
0: time. <laughs> That's pretty good.
2: Well, that was my first gig, you know, first gig in the States. When I moved to New was York. Was what? Was doing a play with Al.
0: What play did you do my, with him? I, I didn't did, do my uh, research. Salome
2: by Oscar Wilde. I ah. played John the Baptist, Yochanan, and he was Herod. And for me, for a kid from France, you know, who idolized De Niro, Pacino, who were, you know, seen as gods to all of us. To do that in, I mean, that was not my first gig. It was my first theater gig uh, in New York. That was extraordinary. I was, I learned so much from him. Now, oh my he, God.
0: And, and did he ever say anything to you? Like, hey, nice job. It was great,
2: man. Try that. Yeah, yeah. He was really, he was lovely. He was really, a really nice man. Wow. Very, so, you know, I've never, I've rarely seen someone so imbued with the passion of theater and acting. He literally lives it, breathes it.
0: And this is 77. This is like the height of his, like, what? not the hype but like no
2: no no this was in 93 93 uh, oh
0: '93. 90, sorry yeah i was thinking because
2: Car- i was quoting carlito's way that's why i brought it i brought uh, allen because right. you want to die big time was carlito's way Car- that's when carlito's way came carlito's out. way is
0: one of my favorite pacino movies i have a tattoo that says blanco and it, it's my, oh my god well my grandmother my grandmother lives in florida her name's Blanche, and she's from the bronx but do you remember oh. he goes hey carlito remember me benny blanco from the bronx benny blanco, of so course, i always would the- say hey benny blanco from the bronx where's my bagel and cream cheese yeah. And so there was a whole thing like that, but Carlito's Way was one of my favorite Pacino movies.
2: Amazing performance by him and Viggo Mortensen. And, oh yeah. And Sean Penn. Do you remember Sean yeah. Penn? Yeah. Fant-
0: oh yeah, the lawyer and, uh, or something.
2: Leguizamo was Benny Blanco, right?
0: He was Benny Blanco. Yeah. Hey, Carlito, remember me, Benny Blanco from the Bronx?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> the one who kills him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Beautiful, typical Brian De Palma, but beautiful
0: yeah beautiful movie but working with Pacino man I work oh. with. yeah but to work with Pacino would be just like a dream any of those I don't know if I could do it I'd be like I mean I would do it but like I think the first couple of days would be like uh, I'm talking to Pacino what's my line oh, yeah, what's yeah. my line Pacino was.
2: I was like because you know Yochanan is is in a prison and he's screaming at Pacino you know you're a heathen you're uh you know he's like in this crazy state of you know, being John the Baptist, and he's a, and he's a sinner. You know, Herod is a sinner. I would just watch Al because he. I've never seen someone more loose on stage. You know, he he would do anything. He would try anything. I would see him like literally do roll on the floor while doing his lines. He'd done it before, of course. He you know he did many incarnations of of Salome, but it was just fascinating to see, see him. His work with the prose, with the with the word, is extraordinary. You know, his relationship to to objects taught me so much. He would say, "This," because he would do it like he said, "I'm gonna do it like a uh, upper upper west side Jewish lady." This pen that I have here, he would do these <laughs> modulations. And it would be so amazing to watch. He had these huge monologues where they were fascinating because you never got bored because he, he would literally have this, he would be this, this ruby, this ruby. And then he would, and he, I don't know if you remember, he had this crazy, yeah, he, he yeah. was like a an over-made-up woman from, from the Upper West Side. And, wow, uh,
0: that's incredible. Did you ever see him, though, did you ever see him, like, well, I wouldn't say the word fail, but like while he's on on se- well, on set or on stage, and he's working things out, and this doesn't work, and he's frustrated. Did you see those things?
2: Yeah, looking for Richard. You mean the, the documentary, or or I saw him. I,
0: I mean in real life. Like, did you? Oh, he.
2: In a way, you know, it's it's really interesting. He reminds me of that saying by Mandela. You know, uh, I never lose. Either I win or I learn, uh, which I love. Which is one of my favorite sayings by uh, Nelson Mandela, because. You never see him get mad. He's always in relaxation. That's, every time I see Al Pacino, you know, maybe younger, he was more tense, you know, but it's this inner tension. You know, when you see him in Dog Day Afternoon, it's it's like watching a ballet. It's this incredible relaxation that enables him to access something that where he never fails. So he'll try, he'll be like, I remember him being on his... All fours with hands up in the air, like I have a ruby. And you know, he would just try shit. And that's
0: the key. Just keep trying, keep working things out. And his approach out.
2: to the word. I remember auditioning for then to, to do uh, uh, Mercutio. Uh, and I and I suddenly was like, you know, she is the fairy's mid And I started kind of doing Al with an English accent. She is. And I suddenly approached the text like he did. And I felt, I, I just felt like it, 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 it freed you? me. I felt, I, I felt, yeah, I felt in such a great space because I realized, oh my God, he, yeah, he is, he has this relationship to the word. And I got it instantly. And, and, and it was thanks to him. It was really all, all, I became a much better actor instantly after performing, after doing that play. It was it was fabulous.
0: Oh and then I love he that. you know he
2: was wonderful. He came I then I did a play with Julie Taymor and and he came and he was like Sebastian. That was great. you know but he, he they were going to do something and then I got I got him to meet Julie and then we did a reading of Titus Andronicus where <laughs> <laughs> it was Julie directing ours Titus. I was playing Demetrius. And then he he brought in Kevin Spacey as Saturninus, uh, you know. And it was one of the greatest readings I've ever... It was just extraordinary. How many people and, um, were in the room? I think it was just just the cast and Al. And uh, Al always had his bodyguard with him. Uh, what was his name? Tony or something. This big guy who was really cool. Such a nice guy who looked like uh, he could have worked, uh, you know, in a... In a in a real insurance office, he was bald <laughs> with a mustache, kind of heavy set, but he was amazing. Walking down the street when we walked from the rehearsal space to another space, he we'd walk down the street and he was like walking with the with QE two. You know, it was like walking with royalty. It was wow. extraordinary.
0: Hey, how do you deal with rejection? Because obviously, every everybody, especially in our industry, that, that's what you do. We were rejected ninety nine times yeah. out of a hundred. So. Have you always, have you had a problem with it? Is there times where it really affects you for a long time after you're?
2: Yeah. I think like a lot of us, I think when, you know, rejection is an extraordinary thing. Actually we deal, I think I always keep, I always say that actors are kind of superhumans because they deal with rejection on such an extraordinary level. They, they, they basically are always unemployed and always looking for a new job, but always deal with a the rejection. Then they get a job, of course. Uh, therefore, are superhumans. In this pandemic, I think we adapted much better. But for me personally, yeah, rejection is very, very difficult. Uh, and you think as you get older, it's going to get better. And it's not. When you care about um, a project, is when the rejection is the worst, and and the closer you get to the project, it gets very difficult. Yeah, I remember auditioning for The Hobbit, and I auditioned when Guillermo del Toro was was the director. Audition in London, they loved me. Then they brought me back, and then it switched, and then I, you know, I thought I was really close, and then I met with uh, you know Peter Jackson, Philippa Boyens, Fran Walsh. And of course, the day I was at Shutter's, you know, super nervous, wanting to audition for that role, and I thought I was, you know, I I could taste it. You know what it's like when you can taste it. Yeah. When you're like, I'm going to be filming for two years in New Zealand with Peter Jackson, you know, on the heels of Lord of the Rings, and and I go up to the room and I don't see Peter Jackson because he's sick in in a bedroom. So I'm auditioning just with Fran Boynes and Philip, you know, Philippa Boynes and Fran Walsh. And it's not the same because, of course, you want to
0: have- <laughs> the energy. The uh, the the that the, there's almost that that fear and that excitement that blends yes. to a perfect like you know yeah. Whatever and it is, I explosion. was
2: so hoping. I was I had pictured you know you know him working with me. And nothing against uh, Philippa Boynes and Fran Walsh. They're both brilliant, but it was just not the same. And I know I did a good job because I I and uh, and you know it didn't work out because physically i saw the guy that they they cast and it was totally i know him and it was absolutely evidence that he should get the part but but it hurt man and i learned i heard about it through a friend of my actor friend who said oh my god he just got the greatest gig he got this role in the hobbit and i was like that's the role i was up for and i Literally, we were having dinner, and I just couldn't have dinner anymore. And I was like, you know what, guys, I, 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 I think I was, yeah. I went to bed, and it took me like a few days, yeah. Well, it's hard. Rejection's hard.
0: Yeah, it is. It is hard.
2: But uh, what about you? What about you?
0: I'm weird. I am able to, as insecure and as i could tell you my flaws all day if you listen to five episodes on this podcast you'd be like holy (laughs) shit you're fucked bud
2: that's what's great but yeah it is great at the same time i I apologize for eating
0: no you could eat but you know uh for me when i leave an audition i i rip up the sides the the pages and i throw them away immediately and i'm done i do that too i'm done and i don't ask any more questions
2: oh really i don't
0: and then all of a sudden sometimes you'll hear my agent will go hey, I want to let you know that you're in the uh, the running for this role that you auditioned for three weeks. And I gotta go, don't tell me that. Just tell yeah, me when I get it. Exactly. So I don't want to know. So I, I, I let it go. I do let it go. But I also, I think I'm my worst enemy. And I also think that I could be incredibly lazy. I don't like to, unless it's something I really love, I, I don't put the work in like I should. And yeah. I, that's just sort of in my head. I just like, eh, you know, I'll give them what I, you know, I'm not going to give them everything. Because I think if I give them everything, that takes yeah. away a piece of me. Mm. And that's really, it's a bizarre way. And it's like, well, how, well, good luck being an actor. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, I'm going to do a good job. And if you see that I'm the part and I, you know, yeah. there's every once in a while, I'll go above and beyond. Like, yeah. oh, don't really?
2: You think, don't you think 99% of the time you walk in the room and they're like, this is the guy 100%. even before you open your mouth.
0: Then that, that's why I stopped doing that. I, I think I, I walk in and I, you know, if they're like, oh, then they'll, you know, they'll work with me and then we'll figure it out. But yeah. uh, I...
2: Oftentimes I, when I don't care, when I'm like... Always. It's not true because I got this part, I worked I worked on it, yeah. But you know what? You know when a part instantly suits you. And you basically yeah. have to do hardly any work,
0: Yeah, right? those are rare, but they're and, nice.
2: And then you, you walk in and you know... I remember walking and there was this whole room of actors who were really, you know, established... And it's tough sometimes. You see all these near stars. and But I, you know, sometimes when you, when you own it, you own it. Yeah. There are days when you own it.
0: Yeah. That's true. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Shopify. You know I use Shopify. You guys go on the, you know, inside of you online store and you see how easy it is to navigate for you. It's so amazing. Shopify, I can't think of anyone else that would do this
1: Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify
0: helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more
1: with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way.
0: Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Inside, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside also and we don't have to talk about it you can tell me to fuck off but i, I know you look you, I, we talked about it briefly while we were in wales yeah and i know like you you, were, you you got divorced obviously now you found yeah, yeah. now you found the one and, and you guys are doing great but i remember yeah. you saying cuz i was shocked i was like uh, vera from formiga yeah yeah
2: yeah, and yeah i yeah. i remember going what you were married to vera <laughs> she's
0: one of my oh my and, you're, and i'm like he doesn't want to hear this what what,
2: what you no doing? no it's fine actually you know tremendous actress you know, we we met at the you know at her beginnings, and you know when I was doing this this <laughs> extraordinary series called Roar, Roar,
0: a really great series
2: to promote Roar for Fox. Uh, you know, in which the cast of Roar: Heath Ledger, Carrie Russell, Vera, myself, wow, and some other people. So, no, no, it's fun. I can talk about it. You know, I, I I've now found someone who's extraordinary uh my wife now but you know we we were young you know these things happen and uh yeah you know and uh and you move on i mean it's gotta be the worst though
0: i always think you know the reason i'm not married a lot of people go why aren't you married you're 48 dude i'm like well (laughs) have you met my family (laughs) i'm like you know i love my family but i look around me and if there's dysfunction and then there's divorce and there's a i'm like i'm not doing that unless i know it's right so uh, you know it sounds like you, you obviously you came from a good family and you had this bonding experience for years and years and when you were getting married it felt like i mean i read that you you uh, you guys uh, eloped and went to uh, yeah and just to the it,
2: to the bahamas and then we actually yeah and honeymoon in cuba but you know yeah it was it was it was a, it was difficult you know i had my issues you know she had her issues uh, it's di- yeah it's you know the competition enters uh, uh, the marriage a bit always, um, it's difficult. It's, it was a very – divorce is probably one of the most difficult experiences I, I I went through, yeah, in my life. Absolutely. See? Extremely difficult.
0: See, that's why I don't know if I'm, yeah. I want to do that because well, – th- th-
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand. But I think, you know, as you get older, you actually gain more experience and you know – you suddenly, you know, you don't always know when you're younger what's right for you, you know. And I think as you get older, you realize, uh, you know, you, you get rid of the things you don't want and you keep the things you want, you know. And that's what getting old is. You start caring less about the bullshit and you start caring more about what's important. Uh... And you'll, when you meet that person who is completely in tune with you, is, you know, incredibly supportive, smart, funny intelligent. You, yeah. There are people out do there. Do you like have that. to have
0: all of those? <laughs> that seems like it's asking a lot. And beautiful. Smart, beautiful, <laughs> educated. I mean, you know, they're just like, you know, it's like, I'm not all those things. So why Why should I? Why should I well, no, if, yeah, you are. But, um,
2: you, <laughs> of course you are. It's, you know, my wife, Ali, Alicia, uh, has taught me so much, literally more than anyone else in my life about relationships. She really is so extraordinarily... I mean, she has such an extraordinary sense of self and confidence. And I think that was given to her by her parents and her upbringing in Australia. And, and so she yeah, taught me so much about, you know, uh, listening, because that's something I was not very good at, about compromise you know it's very difficult to be in a relationship it is you know however much you love you know we love each other like crazy we're literally joined at the hip and actually this pandemic has made us way closer awesome we're we're crazy i'm crazy about her i really am it but in 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 the deepest possible way she's my she's my she's my girl you know your uh, anchor. It makes me emotional. It makes me, it makes me really emotional because we're joined at the hip, and nothing could break that. And you know, and and this pandemic has made it stronger. Yeah. And I learned so much from her. And you know, I, I, she must have learned something from me. But I learned so much, and I made so many mistakes. Sure. <laughs> when I was that, younger, and that is what life is. You, you know. Yeah. Some people are like, I don't want to age. What age brings is that, doesn't it? It brings that wonderful level of experience where you feel more secure about yourself and you start caring less about what's bullshit. I
0: I keep thinking about that. I keep thinking that I'm, I'm slowly, I see that happening with me, that I'm starting to just be a little more. At times I see it like, Okay, this is good. This is new you. I, I don't know, this is a it's a nuance. Don't don't get cocky. It's yeah. just a little thing here, but you know you're kind of a little bit more relaxed with this situation. You're not freaking out. You're not. And my uh, one of my therapists said something. He goes, you know, Michael, I and I love this little guy. He was like Doctor yeah. Kessler, Tesler, Tesler. Yeah. I loved him so much I forgot his fucking name. But <laughs> as he said he said Michael when. I really believe if when you fall in love with someone and and you allow them to love you, it's going to be very tough when you could really, really allow, I think you're going to soar. I think you're going to really, and I go, I didn't understand that. And do you feel like when you have, what is it about love? What is it about? It may sound corny, but what is it about a connection joined at the hip? These sort of phrases, these sort of ideas, that makes you a better person and makes you soar. Do you think that's true and it, that it does that? I think
2: it's absolutely 1000% true. You know, I think, first of all, it's, it's, it's support and trust and, and family, you know, in the, in the great sense of family, you create your new family. You know, I'm spending more time with my wife than I ever spent with my family, you know, post leaving at 18 uh it really yeah being with Ali I you know it took me a few years I was still my own demonic self you know after my marriage I went through a period of uh, a very self-destructive period of you know being single and being yeah you know sort of uh uh, you just didn't love yourself yeah, yeah, and I I went through a period of, of, of kind of a dark period, and 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 Ali, I met Ali before we were together. We knew each other for six years. But when I met her, I was like, "This girl is the one. That's the one." But you know, it, I wasn't ready. She was. She suddenly was like, "Stay away from me. You're a bad boy. Yeah. You're trouble." <laughs> and you know, the first few years of our relationship, I really had to learn a lot. I had to learn to compromise a lot. Compromise is actually a beautiful thing. It really enables you to listen to to listen to to yourself in a way, and to listen to to your partner, which is one of the most important things there is. Uh, but I do believe that a partnership, and yeah, you know, then love becomes love is always there. It just it's sort of Transforms itself into something deeper. There's love, there's that, oh my God, uh, consuming love and sex and everything, which is fantastic. And then it transforms into something so deep, so profound, you know, and it turns into this beautiful love, lover, friendship, partnership that is unbreakable. You know, I'm, you know, knock on wood, but I really feel it makes you also, it makes you not question things. You know, you become, you become a a husband and then you meet people, you know, because there are temptations and everything, but no, you just always, you will always be the husband. You'll be like, yeah, you're a very interesting, uh, attractive person, but you know what? I'm married to my wife and you know what? What she gives me is 1 million uh, percent better than anyone else that comes uh, 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 in front of my path. So I'm not that. even going to go there. And then I will be, I suddenly become a husband, like a dad, you know, and I do it and it becomes natural because this is who I've become. And I'm proud of it. And I'm not one of, you know, I never understand people who are like, Oh, well you get married and then well, oh no, my God. What a profound experience. I love it. I mean, may I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm diverging. No. I'm not no, really,
0: responding I'm learning this is learning
2: and Ali with her support has made me soar beyond my wildest expectations as a man because the most important is as a man you know as an actor as a as an artist so yeah yeah I (laughs) love Sebastian I I
0: love that you were so open about that and that that resonates uh this is called uh shit talking with Sebastian Roche this is (laughs) rapid fire from my patron family if you want to join patrons patreon.com slash inside of you uh, so really quick, uh, Lisa H., I was introduced to you through Supernatural, but I've started watching older TV shows where you show up in your extensive career. Which role, no matter how small, was your favorite role to play?
2: In, uh, I mean, uh, one of my favorite roles was this role I played on The Man in the High Castle, uh, uh, mm. a deeply, deeply flawed, conflicted person called uh, uh, Martin Heussmann. Uh It was just an extra. It was really uh, it was kind of a turning point in my career in terms of bringing everything down. And, you know, the challenge of speaking German when I lied about speaking German Sie etwas <laughs> and Deutsch? working on it to be perfect. And also the, the incredible complexity of the character. So, you know. Sprechen that. Sie
0: etwas Deutsch? Können Sie lesen und schreiben? Oder sehen Sie ihn ein bei einem Jüngeren mit nur einem Fachnamen? <laughs> Sprechen, Sie,
2: Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. Bisschen <laughs> Deutsch. Uh, but not very good.
0: Yeah, me too. Not very much. Danny. No, oh, no, you do. I, well, I have a good ear. Yeah, yeah. So That's I remember great. I had an audition for a movie and I remember I memorized it the german and uh for the audition i remember and i started i went in there and i went um i started you know doing it and he goes oh no 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 i want you to hear you in english i go no, no but it said no, in the no. i just spent four <laughs> days learning this shit you fucking uh, idiot
2: no fuck yeah, because are you, Rosen, rosenbaum means uh red tree red tree rosenbaum yeah, red also tree.
0: i remember living in Frin, uh, near the free and on prince getting and in munchen uh, entering, yeah. And it did my by the way, I'm Jewish, so my grandparents didn't love me like doing this accent constantly course, in front of them. They're like, yeah. all right, we get it. You can do a German accent. <laughs> they were fine. Danny, I love, <laughs> I love Sebastian. What was his favorite moment as Balthazar on Supernatural?
2: Uh, my favorite moment as Balthazar on Supernatural was, you know, being with the guys, uh, uh, Jared Jensen, Misha the whole crew, you know, they you loved you. you
0: Robin Spate. I talked to him before and they're like, Oh my God, the guy's great. And they said a few things. So
2: the guy, Oh yeah. 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 I mean, Robin, I mean, you know, the, the most wonderful thing actually was coming into the family because then we became, we all became friends and we, we started doing fan events. And as you know, when you start doing fan events with uh, uh cast members, it becomes like a big theatrical troupe. Yeah. And you get to know people in intimately and it's, you go to these wonderful places, so yeah. I mean, that was the greatest experience. You know, the role was super fun. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, being uh, this is a, to the family.
0: This is from Steph, and then the other part, the second part of the question is from Jennifer N. So, Steph A. and Jennifer N. Do you have any desire to return to General Hospital? or Is that behind you? And if you could work with anyone from General Hospital in a movie, who would it be and why?
2: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think General Hospital is behind me. You know, it, it was it was actually uh, one of the best decisions funnily enough, that I made in my career in 2007. You know, I turned it down. I was like, I'm a theater actor. I don't do soaps. <laughs> then I, I took it, and it completely changed my career. Acting-wise, too, because I experimented so much. I did, you know, a few hundred episodes. Uh, so it was a great memory, great character. They let me do anything I wanted. They couldn't have been nicer to, with me.
1: Wow. A person,
2: I love Nancy Lee Gran. Uh, on general hospital. I'd love to do, to work with her again.
0: <laughs> well, She's awesome. a character. Michelle K. Is it M- Mikhail or Michael?
2: Michael. Well, it's it actually in, 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 it, it would be Mikhail, Mikhail's Son, cause he's, he's, uh, of Scandinavian origin.
0: Well, she loved you, Michael on vampire diaries and originals. Speaking of which, any chance we might see you again on, uh, see you on legacies.
2: I don't know. That's up to Julie Pleck. Loved playing that character. I, very extreme character. I would have put it. I put, would put him up there in uh, the complex characters that I played.
0: <laughs> Richard T. All the projects you've been in over the years. Which one stands out for you the most?
2: Uh, again, I think uh, you know, uh, Man, in the, Man High in the High Castle in terms in terms of you know uh, in terms of pr- production. Uh, uh, it was like shooting a movie every episode. It was uh, the content, of course, is a bit difficult but uh you know quite quite
0: extraordinary well this is i came up with a new game here this is called roche so each sentence starts (laughs) out with a letter of your last name then r-o-c-h-e so for instance (laughs) oh these are my questions the
2: raddest
0: set piece or prop or something you kept from a set
2: oh my god which one raddest set piece do you know what i i don't No, because I don't think I've ever taken a set piece. I've taken clothes.
0: Well, what piece of clothing? When
2: when I was doing uh, Odyssey 5, I had these beautiful clothes that they gave me. You know, I didn't steal them. You know, they gave me all these products. I stole things. I stole things. I guess that's it.
0: I stole things. Oh, what are you OCD about? The one thing you're OCD about.
2: Super OCD about cleanliness and putting things away. Super
0: (laughs) Good, good. C. This is the the C in Roche. Can you sing? I want you to sing, or at least the line, the first 80s song that comes to mind. uh, Anything that comes to mind. Don't
2: you want me, baby? (laughs) Humanly, good God! (laughs) Don't you want me? I was working working
0: working in a waitress 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 in a
2: cocktail cocktail bar when I met you. you. I wanted to be filled. What was his, Phil Air? Yeah, Phil. It was the
0: Human League. Lead singer was.
2: Human League, yeah. What's his name? Phil- I remember. Philoki.
0: I remember. Uh, I'm only human. I'm only.
2: And then I loved the mid-year of Ultravox. I don't know if you know. Oh, yeah. This means nothing to me. Oh, Vienna. Oh, yeah. I love that song. I'm going <laughs> to write that song. down again. Ultravox. That's right. Vienna. By, Vienna. By- okay, the age. of course, in- I wanted to be Bono because, you know, I was like.
0: You could play Bono. Yeah. By the way, uh, H. Ferochet, have you ever kissed someone on the set that had bad breath and what did you do about it?
2: Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> I basically, couldn't. you know, I felt, you know, you can't do anything about it. Yeah, you can.
0: You can go to the makeup artist and their, their makeup <laughs> artist and just say, hey, can you offer her a mint or some toothpaste <laughs> or him, him <laughs> some toothpaste or a mint? I, or you can just say to the person did you just have a shit sandwich <laughs> yeah that won't work
2: okay no, i remember the first time it was a french tv series i did and the girl was so beautiful and had the worst breath but anyway
0: yeah well that's, that sucks e for O'Shea, last one ever been naked in a scene where you're, you show your dong
2: uh, i was naked on stage where i showed my dong and uh, it was is in- that the
0: al pacino did the al pacino see your dong
2: no 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 You oh, didn't okay. see my dong in this No, it was in France. I was doing this play called L'Echange de Paul Claudel. And I made sure that the bath that I was coming out of was very warm. Warm. And I was very happy about (laughs) it. Yeah, look at this. This is what? I am French after all. (laughs) I
0: also know Rob Benedict and uh, Richard Spate from Supernatural said, Well, I know you speak English, French, Spanish, Italian. It's pretty amazing. How do you say kiss my ass in French?
2: Uh, you wouldn't say embrasse mon cul. You'd say uh, va te faire foutre or uh, va te faire enculer, which means uh, go go get. Well, can I say it? go get no, fucked? I, yeah, go get fucked up the ass, basically. Oh wow,
0: you degree. went extreme. I like that.
2: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Spanish. But, but that's, in French, you know, we we use slang a lot. I'm learning Korean by the way at the moment.
0: Let me hear so, something in Korean.
2: 안녕하세요. Uh, 저는 uh, Sebastian Rocher. uh, uh that's awesome
0: that means kiss. i'm
2: sebastian Bruchet. i'm half french half uh british person
0: kiss my ass in spanish
2: uh i mean i don't know if you uh I, 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 i'd say get fucked in the boca, ass u, u, um, ah just it's say it's get joder. What?
0: I say, just say, get effed in the butt again in Spanish. That's probably easier.
2: In, in Spanish, I think there's a joder. <laughs> and then, a, what is it in Spanish? In Spanish, shit, should... there's tu boca. Wow. En la en Damn, he's I quick. Said, I learned that at school. I learned Italian too at school. And I love speaking those, you know, it's like vafanculo in Italian, you know. Right.
0: Uh, how do you say in Italian? My name is Sebastian, and I'm the coolest guy in the world.
2: In Italian? Mi chiamo Sebastiano Roche Sono una persona veramente stupenda.
0: That sounds amazing.
2: I love yeah, it. When I go, when we go on fan events... <laughs> All the guys like Rob, everyone's like, okay, Sebastian, you order, you, you do
0: it. Every yeah, time it's a fantastic. Oh, yeah, you're it's smart. Fun. Uh, lastly, you know, Benedict told me this that you and your brother learned every capital to every country in the world. Is that true?
2: Yes, it's true because, you know, on the boat, what I read was the almanac and the atlas, you know, so yeah.
0: So, so if I said, good. what's the capital of uh, Uganda?
2: It's Kampala.
0: But I went there. (laughs) What's the capital of Brazil?
2: Brazil is actually Brasilia, not Rio de Janeiro. Look
0: at that! What's the capital of Uruguay?
2: Uruguay is Montevideo. Gosh, what is going on?
0: (laughs) You really are. You're bright. You are bright. You don't only have the looks; you have the brightness. Pretty amazing. (laughs) I
2: don't know about that, but well, man. You know, the thing is, I I spent a lot of time reading books on the on the boat. It was amazing. It was my my grandfather. I have my granddad to thank for that. He would send packets of books, you know, it what they call post restaurants at the mail place in, you know, West Africa, and we'd pick them up, and then he'd send them to the Caribbean in some Caribbean places, and I'd pick them up. Yeah, it was great.
0: Well, look, this has been so much fun. I'm so, I'm so glad we finally got to talk.
2: Me too. Me this too. Because is- I always love your podcast. You know, I always you. love you know, and you're such a good, uh, you know. You ask always such interesting questions, you
0: know? I think I just ha- want to have fun. I would want to, like, when I like someone, I just want to talk. You know, the best compliment yeah. is somebody said, it's just, just like listening to two people just have a real conversation. And that's exactly. the best compliment you can give because I don't want to feel like I'm interviewing you. I want to, I'm almost like a kid in the candy store going, well, what about this? Well, Dad, how much longer yeah. do we have? Well, what about the boat? How long were you on the boat? Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. just things I that... I
2: that it's stream of consciousness. That's what I, because it, yeah, it's it's like I'm having, it's like we're having lunch and we're just having conversation
0: yeah it's really cool yeah absolutely well listen i love this thank you for allowing me to be inside of you i hope you come back and what are your handles so people can follow you and all that my
2: handles so uh on instagram and i'm at sebastian roche r-o-c-h-e and on twitter i'm at seb roche and that's it. Cause I got rid of Facebook and I don't want to be on TikTok.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm not on TikTok. I can't go there yet. I just don't no, no. know. I, 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 I can't waste any more much. time. Yeah.
2: But um, thank you, Michael. It was really a real pleasure. And uh, you know, you're a great guy.
0: You Hey, back very at you.
2: Smart, funny, wow. and, and very caring, which is extremely important.
0: Well, it's important to me to hear that. And thank you so much. And, Give your wife a big kiss and I hope you guys have many many good years together.
2: Yeah, yeah, you too. And let's let's uh let's hang out one of these days. I'd oh, love
0: don't... to. Once this is all over, man, I'm going to be hanging with everybody because they're going to get tired of me.
2: Yeah, not good. Already good. tired of me. Great. All right, buddy. I love you. Take care, mate. Love you too, mate.
0: You're right. That was a great episode.
1: It's just a good story you don't get out of a lot of people, you know. Mm. So
0: I love stories and we just I just kept picking them on it like I want to know more. I want to know more. How was this possible? I I'm telling you, I go on a trip with my, uh, you know, I remember with my parents, it's just like, even now when I go see, I love my parents, you know, but uh, if I go see them, I mean, two days is enough. I'm good. (laughs) It's great to see you. I can't spend more time with that. I think it's not only that I can't, they can't. I feel like they're they're tired of me within an hour. (laughs) It's like, you know, just, it it feels like, you know, I'm not wanted. (laughs) It feels like, I don't think you want to be here anymore. I think we had a hug and we had dinner, and then next day we went swimming, and I think that you're kind of done. And that makes me feel like I'm kind of done. So um, I don't know. Like I said, I love my parents, but good good on you, Sebastian. Uh, thank you guys so much for all the love on the show. Again, if you want any awesome merch, go to the Inside of You online store. You can get merch, 15% off, Ryan's Waxed 15, no apostrophe. And uh, you can get stuff like small lunch Lunchboxes and uh, T-shirts and uh, tumblers and hats and all sorts of stuff. And uh, also the Sunspin band. If you go to sunspin.com, you can get a bunch of Sunspin merch. You can book the band. You can book a Zoom there. Um, our next uh, stage, it is the last Saturday of the month, which will be 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. And that is, uh that's going to be a good time. So uh, if you want to join Patreon, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Join and I will, I'll message you right after. It's a great family. There's lots of perks. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff. I think you're going to really dig it. If you want to help the podcast a little more, that's patreon.com slash inside of you. Patreon.com slash inside of you. And of course, uh, the handles for uh, the podcast, Ryan
1: uh, at inside of you pod on Twitter at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Yes, please, please uh, follow us and uh, spread the word. And you can watch on YouTube and listen on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. Stitcher. Uh, it's really a good time. Why don't I read the, the top patrons? These are people who um, they give back in a big way to the podcast and uh, they've been around a while. And uh, how about a round of applause for them? And now for a special effect sound effect applause. Which one sounded better? Uh, here we go. Nancy. D. Mary. B. Leah. S. Trisha F. Sarah. V. Little. Lisa. Yukiko. Jill. E. Brian H. Lauren G. Nico P. Robin S. Jerry W. Robert B. Jason W. Apotheon. Kristen K. Not to be confused with. Kristen, Kristen Krug. Krug okay. mm-hmm. Amelia O. Allison L. Lucas M. Raj. C. Joshua D. Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, we got Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacey L, Carly H, Carly S, Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Carrie B, Tabitha 272, not to be confused with. Tabitha
1: 273.
0: Ashley Ryan, Kimberly E, Mike E, Marissa N, Eldon Supremo 99more, Ramirez. Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Ray A, Maya P, Maddie S, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Shannon D, a lot of patrons, a lot of patrons love. You got to you got to join us here on this on this lovely Patreon. patreon.com slash inside of you. (laughs) Uh, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Dave H, Spider-Man, Sheila G, Ray H, uh, Tabitha T, Tom N, Suzanne B, Katie F, Liliana A. Water break water break michelle k marquez w hannah b michael s talia m luke h and this is the last list right here andrew Hmm. t betsy d claire m liz j laura l chad b rochelle e nathan e brandle d taylor k neil a marion a meg k janelle p trav l dan n jennifer j wayne m diane r Ojeda lorraine g olga c Corey m carrie h this list was once really short veronica k big stevie w kendall t lindsey m carol d katie g sandy b angel m eric c Rhiannon c Stephen m Corey k super sam emily c sherry s coleman g michelle a riley j matt w liz l jeremy c and samantha s that is a lot of patrons it's a lot of patron love we're going to do a sunday jam session soon uh where uh my buddy rob and i we kind of play tunes that people uh it's, it's one of those things ryan where it's uh you know, it's a YouTube live private event just for my patrons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see them all on there and we're commenting back and forth to each other and I'm answering their questions. And then they say, play this song. We kind of just improv a song. We'll, we'll look up the lyrics and we'll just play it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot of fun. That's one of the perks. And also top tiers get like um, boxes sent to them every couple of months and little notes for me. And there's a bunch of other stuff. But uh, I really thank you guys for sticking with the podcast. I said it before. I'll say it again. Thank you, Cumulus. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Bryce. I love doing it. I want to keep doing it. Got a lot of great guests coming up. And uh, daddy needs a vacation. Daddy's going to take a vacation soon.
1: Ooh, daddy's going to take a big vacation. I'm going to go
0: see my grandma. Then I'm going to go stay with my friend Harland in uh, Florida for like a couple of days. So I got some friends staying at the house, and that's always tricky. But, uh, you know, it's hard to leave my little Blanchey, you know, that little puppy. Mm. But uh, I just got to have guidelines and say, okay, you got to make sure. You know, mm-hmm. these are the things you gotta make sure of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it is tough, man. I love that little thing so much. And after Irv passed away, I think there's just more like yeah. The other day I go, Oh my God, I can't lose you. She looks at me and she's like, I'm two and a half. I don't think I'm going anywhere. <laughs> what the fuck are you crying for? I'm like,
1: because I lost her. Because <laughs> she but is a
0: teenager, huh? I guess she is. I mean,
1: oh my god, th- dad.
0: Three times seven is twenty one. Yeah. I guess in dog year. Yeah. She'll be twenty one July eleventh, which is my birthday. Oh. Thank you for all the wishes. No, it's not yet, but, um, <laughs> thank you for another good week, Ryan, another great episode. Thank you for working so hard. And, uh, from uh, my home in the Hollywood Hills, I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan tails and, uh, wave to the camera. Uh, we love you. Be good to yourselves. You owe it to yourselves to be good to yourselves. Um, thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you be good. I'll see you next week. Please join me and, uh, right into the show. Um, Hello at insideypodcast.com. And I will do read them. See you later.